Good afternoon. Welcome to TWG Live. I'm Matt Cannellan. This is Nick Stoll, and this is Ryan McGowan. Ryan McGowan, the brother. Sorry, I was just out of the shot there. This is Ryan McGowan, <laughs> brother, brother of Dylan, who was on last week and was a very accommodating guest. And we only hope that we can accommodate you uh, as well as he accommodated us last week. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What's it like to be back home? Yeah, it's good. So far, so good besides the result last week. But um, yeah, enjoying being back in Australia. Uh, never played in Australia before. So looking forward to um, the season when it eventually comes around. And um, yeah, so far just to, just getting used to teammates, new surroundings and um, trying to settle in as best as I can. We, uh, we had a, a little cameo from you actually in our show last week on Facebook. Um, and I think people do want to know how the sofa building moving went. Yeah. Brother. Did it get done? Yeah, eventually, by the time he got home. So he had, Was he helpful? Or, he was you know, helpful. Was he milking he the attention a bit, though? Yeah, he did milk it. Yeah. But, um, did you feel no, like you were doing good. more of the heavy lifting? Or, yeah, it's like so a good centre-back partnership. Yeah. Were you he, able to I was the brains behind yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and he was a little bit of the, the brawn trying to get it in. But we literally live two apartment blocks okay. either side. And then I was renting a place, Airbnb around the corner. So we had to get this couch from that place around but it wouldn't fit in the car oh, no, if you guys man. were there it would actually have been quite funny what, you had to we had carry to, it? yeah you no know, no so we had we it's a little bit illegal but we had the boot open and yeah. dylan running behind the car just kind of holding the boot <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't come out that's just maybe 100 meters around is he the younger than you he's younger so you got the little brother to do the illegal He'd bit done the, of the move yeah so if he did get stopped i'll just say what's he doing yeah exactly <laughs> no oh, idea who this guy is but no yeah he cold. was a he was a good help, so um, okay. he doesn't have Facebook, so he won't be watching it, so yeah. it's fine, I can say well, whatever he wants. See what happens, you comment on Facebook, we always say we like your comments from everyone, yeah. and you get on the show. You it do, just yeah. happens you're also a soccer rule <laughs> and a professional player, but you know, I'm just saying, no, give us your, send us your, for everyone. Yeah, yeah, send us your comments, you might be on your show, you might get your couch uh, fixed as well, yeah. so there's, there's good reasons to comment. Home removal. Many good reasons to comment, which yeah. means, if you are just joining us, of course, uh, we are live on Facebook, Twitter, and other places, but you can comment on Facebook or tweet us hashtag SBS the World Game, mm. and we will endeavour to put your best and kindest or least rude comments to uh, the rest of the panel. Yeah, they're usually um, pretty good. But you're all usually pretty good. You're yeah. all usually very pretty. Yeah. Just don't call him Dylan because that's uh, that would be wrong. No, no, I get that a fair bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've written actually. You might have written Ryan here just to make sure. That's just to make yeah. sure the big capital letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Though you guys might be, and this is a big call, and I just kind of make it off the top of my head, here so I do apologise. The best. Brothers to ever play for Australia? How many other brother combinations would there be to play for Australia? Just Vidmars. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's not And they're also from bad. Adelaide. So Ooh, there's a thing about, about the Adelaide, Adelaide brothers. Yeah. The, the thing as well with the Vidmars. A lot of combined caps. One is playing defence and one yeah. is playing in attack. That's a kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I said last week, I think Arnie needs to have the McGowan brothers at as a centre-back pairing because I've always been a big fan in national teams of choosing uh, a centre-back pairing from the same club if possible okay. so you and Wilco for example would yeah. be a good option yep. but think of if, if they can move a couch together they yeah. can move us straight into the World Cup <laughs> don't worry qualifying is going to be easy we've got the McGrown brothers there so that's my theory Aurelio Vidmar played 44 games for Australia and Tony played 76 yeah, okay. So it's close, right. but we're Definitely bit top two. Definitely top two <laughs> top brother two combinations. From Adelaide. From Adelaide. From Adelaide. Adelaide for Australia. Is there any? Yeah. That's the Griff- the Griffiths. The Griffiths. Griffiths says more than two, right? Well. I think oh, right, all three of them guys. Oh, oh, how many games do they play? Adam Griffiths. Well, how many, which ones are Ryan they? Ryan Griffiths. Joel Griffiths. Adam, Ryan, 
Oh, Joel. Oh, well, you guys talk amongst yourselves and I'll find out. Write in if Trivia. you can think of any... Stolly, ask him uh, a question, quick. Well, okay, let's Trivia talk questions. about... And also write um, in if you can think of any brothers that aren't the Neville brothers who've played at the highest level. Oh, mate, I was thinking about this. The best brothers that I could think of, the Loudrup brothers. Michael yeah, Loudrup, yeah. Brian, Brian Loudrup. I mean, Michael Loudrup was an absolute gun of a player. Hazard? Hazard, yeah, good shout. The De Boer brothers as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a few, yeah. Um, you know, Messi and his brother. I mean, I just it's more one is better than the other. Obviously, it's like Dylan and his brother. But yeah. So anyway, uh, let's talk but about let us know. yeah. Let us know the best brother combinations. Tiago Alcantara, Rafinha Alcantara. It's not a bad combination. Um, you're back at Sydney. You know, you're one of the new signings. But I think also, I guess, what people want to know is. Uh, what? How's Baum Johan looking like in training? He's come across from the Wanderers, also Barbarossa's. I think it's kind of really interesting what Sydney have done, taking the best players off some of their biggest rivals in the Wanderers and uh, Melbourne Victory. based signings, hey? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So um, snake emojis everywhere <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we do laugh about that. Um, so yeah, what are they like? How are they integrating the squad? Yeah, they're, no, they're they're great. I think first and foremost. They're good guys, mm. um, and I've I've really noticed that since I've gone there is that it's a real good team spirit, a real good unit from the physios to sports scientists to the chef to just everyone is a real good um, spirit amongst themselves, a good work ethic, a good professionalism, a good will to be better, mm. um, not only on the pitch but off the pitch, a little bit of everything. So it's. Um, so it's good, and, and like you said, those boys have come in and they have, you know, really good quality, um, which has been shown last season for both of them. And then I think they can improve us, but it would just take a little bit of time to get used to how everyone moves, get used to how how we want to play. And um, yeah, I think the more games that we can get with the you know front four that we've got. Um, yeah. We could be really dangerous coming into the season. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a, a comment on Facebook from Dave Warren, who I'm sure is keeping a close eye on you. Uh, he says the Charlton brothers, Jack and Bobby, won the World Cup. In 66, man, it's so long ago. I don't think that, ex- that doesn't expire, that does it? No, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a good shout, though. That, that's a. Anyway, Dave, we'll look English, after yes. it. Don't worry. See, this is why He's I should I shouldn't just talk off the top of my head because yeah. now people are just coming up with so many more examples. All the time we spent planning, and it's all. Anyway, it's all um, I wanted to ask. Uh, you've obviously kind of played, uh, I think, twenty times for the Socceroos, but yeah. you're kind of now a bit out uh, now. But under Ange, because you were there through the kind of qualification process and yeah. the, the stylistic change, you know, the back three, it was so kind of controversial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, actually, can you just talk a bit about that? What, what is it like when everyone is debating this back three, back four? And maybe people, sometimes, sometimes think people have no idea, let's be honest, what they're talking about. They just hear a word and they don't like it. Yeah. What's it like as a player when you're in there and, and there's so much kind of controversy around the tactical setup of the defence? We weren't really that worried mm. you know um, Ange was probably the best coach I've ever worked under yeah. um, and was just such he made you go out on that pitch and feel like no one could touch you he just had a real good we were so set up and so well drilled and so well organised that we didn't worry who we were playing against or what we were going to come up against because we had such faith in the system in him in our teammates that we just kind of ignored Mm. all of that and then kind of faced it all in the media afterwards but um, yeah listen like a lot of teams were playing three at the back Mm. Um, our probably biggest thing was probably transition Um, you know 
we're in a tricky situation where a lot of the Asian teams are very good at in, in counter-attack and set up to counter-attack us. Mm-hmm. And for us, we had, you know, for example, our probably strongest position centre midfield. Mm. So I think what the boss was trying to do is get as many of our best players on the on yeah. the field as possible. So Moy, Luongo. Yeah, Rogic, Yednak, yeah, yeah. Jackson Irvine. Yeah. Like we have so many stronger. Mm. And then also we didn't really have outstanding fullbacks as yeah. such. Um, so he was probably just trying to get the best formation to suit us as best as possible, really. Yeah. And, and, you know, besides a few little mistakes that we got punished for, mm. it, nine times out of ten it was was kind of doing well. But um, Did you notice a change in Ange over time? Because it did seem, especially towards him, when he kind of, you know, I guess it was even unclear why he definitely left. But did you feel like he was becoming a bit more... That either the pressure had got too much, or he had just got sick of dealing with so many things and the thing. Did he seem less um, happy as coach? Or? No, well, I wouldn't say less. It, it, with us, he's very distant with the players, mm. and and he likes that relationship. I read his book, and he he, he intentionally keeps yeah. separate, which which is a good thing and a and a bad thing, so I guess. In any manager, no, he's not one of the boys. He's not one of the lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's but on then Instagram you want, yeah. doing the snake emojis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. He's not one of them. But then yeah. that's kind of. I mean, that is. He's your boss. He's the guy that picks yeah. the team. So yeah, he um, has to make tough decisions then, and, yeah. and tell people they're not going to play, which is hard to do when you're yeah. so but close. He had, but he also had little things that made that barrier not as big. So every morning, for example, he had to go shake his hand at breakfast and say good morning. So that was his... So that, was, he, that was a rule? That was a rule. You had to go, as soon as you've seen him, the first time you've seen him during the day, you just say good morning or if you've seen him, just, but make sure you shake his hand. And he said that that reason was that if you ever wanted to speak to him or had something on your mind, it gave you that window of opportunity to say, oh, hey, boss, could I speak to you after breakfast or in the afternoon? Instead of not having that contact and maybe as a young boy coming in, you'll be like, oh, I actually want to speak to him. Do I go now? Do I go after? He's still sitting at breakfast. So all it took was you had to go shake his hand. So if you could just say, can I speak to you after training? Or can I speak to you before training? And, um, you know, that's something that I've took away from it in terms of if you're going to later on in life, it it definitely is just a small detail, but it does allow, it opens up that window for if you did want to speak to someone, it makes it a little bit easier. I've just got some home, some very quickly baked research here. The Aloisi brothers, John 55 caps, Ross 3. Adelaide, boys Adelaide. my God, Adelaide brothers, what's going on? And the Griffiths, yeah. uh, thirteen caps between the three of them. Okay. So yeah, we take oh. them off. <laughs> <laughs> we're above them. We're not bottom. We're done, Dylan. We're not bottom. Delete. Yeah, and they're not going to get any more. You guys still yeah. have a few in you, so it's all good. It's all good. But Dylan loves that one. <laughs> you um, obviously, I say obviously, you put the cross in for Tim Cahill's volley against the Netherlands. Yeah. Mm. When you pumped that ball across, <laughs> what was the plan? What were you thinking? He's just going to volley you this know left foot. Yeah. I didn't think he's going to volley this left foot yeah. off the With bar the and in. Yeah. yeah, it was. They they just scored, and mm. um, again, one of Andrew's things was from kickoff try and score as quickly as possible. So it didn't matter whether it was half time or kickoff or as soon as they score, because there was some stat that said teams are most vulnerable after they've just scored. Yeah. So All try and do it. So he used to just even at any kickoff. I can't remember who we played once, but we had video analysis, and he went mental because they took we took kickoff and we passed it back. We didn't go forward, and he went mental for about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 
yeah. of just saying like that is like our principles that we want to yeah. do as a, a unit is always go forward no matter what and I think we won the game but he spent more time yeah. talking about that kind of principle than anything that happened in the game yeah. so when they scored it ended up going for like out to me and I remember just thinking no matter what I do I need to go forward <laughs> there's not much on it was so and, soon um, after they scored in fact that I think when you had the ball they were still showing replays in the coverage of the goal yeah and then and it, it was, was like oh on, hang on he's just scored yeah so it was um yeah and but Timmy was very good at peeling off to the back post and getting your things and winning your things but yeah it was more just a, a ball over the top to try and get up the pitch get forward and, and try and put because we had started well and not smashed by edge yeah and video analysis not been getting smashed by Ange but um, yeah last thing I expected was for him to, to hit on the volley and it wasn't until after the game I think one of the getting interviewed and they said that's an assist and then it clicked like yeah I could probably live off that for the next <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about this on the show a lot not your assist necessarily but yeah. um, you know that's probably the greatest Probably the greatest soccerer's goal of all time. I mean, in terms of the moment as well, like you think yeah. of but it, even it technically, at a like it, on his on his so-called bad foot, yeah. bit of crossbar always makes you look better. Yeah, yeah. and you just lay that on a plate for him. Oh, it was one of the silver plate yeah, stuff. I would say plate, but yeah, no, it's definitely it's grown arms and just legs. Just a baking and, tray. Yeah, I do like um, bringing it up to anyone that wants <laughs> to listen. But no, yeah, it's just more. I've taken a win and, and gone through, but it is something that you know when I'm old and grey and mm. and looking back on it, I do have a and assist at a World Cup that I let Dylan know <laughs> daily. And also, you, you, you're, uh, you're playing right-back, and we're sort of yeah. used to seeing you more playing as, as a centre-back. Um, we're just showing off, you know? I can play, it's all good. Yeah, I've said this story before. So, Dylan actually nicknamed me, and I've just tagged along as a Stephen Bradbury of the Socceroos. <laughs> and when you actually put all the facts in line, yeah. it is like one of those moments. So, I, I, before the World Cup, I knew I was very borderline whether yeah. I was going to make the squad or not and it was like a bit like Australian Idol in terms of I think there was like 35 of us in Sydney yeah. and then every like three or four days three boys would leave uh, so what we so it used to be like five tables where all the players sat and then after a couple of nights it was four tables oh my God. and then we'd be like you don't want to sit on that table because everyone seems to be leaving <laughs> and it got smaller and smaller and then, he, and then they took 27 to Brazil yeah and that was like difficult because you're going to Brazil and you're like part of the like, photos mm. getting on the plane. Yeah, but in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be borderline mm. here. I could be one of the ones that leave. And then there was a few injuries. So they kind of were automatically the spots out and there had to be a goalkeeper to leave. But I remember thinking, I might just squeeze in here mm. because I can play a couple of positions in the back four and then if he wants to bring an extra striker do you know what I mean he's probably not going to bring eight defenders yeah and that's what I was banking on and um and it worked it worked yeah. but then I was thinking right I'm back up yeah right back yeah slash centre back yeah then Franich got injured in the first game yeah so I came on can, and I, can then I ask in those moments like because obviously you're on the bench you want to play in a World Cup you don't want your teammate to be injured but yeah. like, what's the feeling of like you're like, oh, this is my chance, you know? You yeah, see him go down and you're on the bench. Yeah, like, put the people. Yeah, are yes. you the only one in like the team? He's like, come on, does that warm me up? Yeah, no. Like when he got injured, so he held his hamstring, yeah. and so everyone knew it was injured. Yeah. And then I just remember a few boys going, well, "That looks like." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking, then you just quietly shit yourself and thinking, oh, "I'm going <laughs> to have to come it. on here." Yeah. But it's probably the best way 
because you, you like that you're sitting on the bench. Yeah. Do you mean I'm a, a and that position right you back. probably need? Yeah, right to I'm get thinking up. you've I'm got nothing to come lose on. In a way. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, it was good. And then, but then the second game we were doing shape before that, yeah. and he had um, Millsy Milligan yeah. at right back. Yeah. And so I was thinking, ah, oh, well, you know, I've still came on. Mills is probably a better right back than me. Yeah. It's kind of good. And good. then and then he was like, my hamstring's killing me. Like, oh I'm not going to be fit. What kind of and voodoo then, doll did you have yeah. in camp? You're just getting but I tell, I tell this story. Yeah. Andrew probably disagree, but I remember <laughs> Mills, you getting treatment. Yeah. <laughs> the coach was all looking going, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to play him. We're going to have to. The big conference He's going to have to play right back. And I remember yeah. just kind of being like, yeah, I can yeah, play yeah. against Chile. <laughs> Can <laughs> do the job. I'm good. And I was only you're only up against Ian Robbins. So yeah, it wasn't like he against was a good, good player. Yeah, good front three. And yeah. I remember asking Joel, the team manager, just on the slide at dinner, can you bring anyone else in, <laughs> or is that it? <laughs> like, is and it he's, yeah, he's like, no, that's the squad. Oh, for like, the squad. Done. Yeah, that's the yeah, squad yeah. done. Because I was thinking they're going to draft in a right back, or yeah, they're going to bring someone emergency. else in. Oh, but yeah, they couldn't, and um, got another couple of games. And yeah lived off it ever since and what was it like uh, up against like like you say Robin Schneid I think Van Persie and then yeah. in uh, the Spain game David Villa Torres Iniesta like you played against some of the all time great yeah. players do you reckon they knew much about you as well when they 100%. were doing stand, oh we're up against <laughs> you know? I, no, I saw an interview the Shang Dong right yeah. <laughs> Iniesta was like well, no you know I can't I can't go yeah. don't go left I, yeah, I'm, I pass back if I see him yeah but I remember they had a yeah their front three for Holland I remember they brought on um, Depay, the one that went to Man U. Yeah, Memphis, but we, yeah. yeah, but we didn't really know too much mm. about that. Was kind of his World Cup that he kicked on. Yeah. So I remember at half time, like it filtered through. Oh, they're bringing on a winger. Mm. And I've been like, well, surely he's not as good as Robin Van Persie Schneider, like the front three that we faced. Yeah, yeah. for a break. And then he was, un- <laughs> was unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you just, notice just, like? Is there like? A significant difference because obviously, like all professional players of a certain level, are very good players. Mm. Even the ones that you know people might criticise, they're still very highly yeah, yeah. high level players. But is there even that, that extra bit of difference where you're like the speed that they're doing, it, the speed of thought is just it's, prob- it's probably their decision making. Yeah. They they seem to not make the wrong decision ever. Uh, yeah, ever. And they're I, obviously as a defender, just the strikers are just clinical. Mm. They just like half a chance or it's a chance. Yeah. It's just it's a goal mm. or you're hoping Matty Ryan or your goalie makes an unbelievable save mm. and that's kind of the difference between top, top, top yeah. class and yeah, that, that the general public really is is there just yeah yeah and, um, and their sport, movement really. or like because like, I know like David Villa had a good game against us yeah and sometimes like watching him just like his little movement to just create that half bit of space yeah and they're also getting they know that, you know, again, like the Spanish team, so we're like, we don't know if they're going to make many changes going into the game. I think they made nine changes and brought on, the nine changes was like seven Champions League winners. <laughs> we're, we're like coming, do you know what I mean? So we're playing against yeah. like Torres, yeah, exactly. Villa, yeah. I think Alonso, like we're playing against yeah. players that play at the top, top level week in, week out. And yeah, exactly. they just know how each other's moving. They know how to manipulate defences. They, you know, they just... They see the game quicker and mm. they're just better all yeah. round. And, and it is, <laughs> it is difficult. Yeah, no, it is. It's just, mm. you know, I think the old saying is that the if you train with better players and you play in a better team, you yeah. automatically become better because your touch has to be better, your pass, weight of pass, just little tiny things mm. that when you then drop down the levels or or go through the leagues or see 
weaker teams yeah. is that final pass or that right decision mm-hmm. in a 3v2 yeah. they tend to make the wrong decisions whereas yeah. um, they, they don't seem to do that and you know I mean and particularly with your personal story for this World Cup you've kind of Bradbridge your way to the, yeah. to the starting 11 your words not mine yeah. um, when you're kind of walking out and that, that game against Spain and you look over and you see all these like global megastars of world football do you ever sort of like do you have time to pinch yourself and go jeez like, how good is this or do you just kind of wait till afterwards like now looking back I I think, yeah, what, what what was I thinking? But I remember at the time, Ange had just this... It's like, I don't know how to explain it. This is why he's such a good manager. In terms of, he just had us all being like, we're going to beat it. We're going to win. We're going to win. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to like... His whole thing was, we're going to blow this World Cup. Yeah. We're going to be the ones that everyone's talking about. Yeah. Which we were to a certain extent. Mm. And well, definitely his, uh, against Holland. Like, yeah. We really took it to them. Really, we were two and, one up at one stage. Yeah, and they had just. They, I think they had just beat Spain five nil. Five nil. Yeah. yeah. And then we went out there and, and just, and that was just him being like, "We're gonna win." Mm. I don't care like who it is. He used to not even like name the players. He just used to use them as like okay. orange kind of like dots. He's like, That's it doesn't matter like amazing. who it is yeah. because we don't care who it is yeah. that we're playing against. Mm. And even when we used to play like the. Asian teams or, or friendly games yeah. he's like this game is a World Cup semi-final mm. so we have to play like we're playing in a semi-final because we want to get into these situations in these in these World Cups and he just made you feel on top of the world and um, did, did like he, in those games we actually did play quite well and yeah. probably played above how we should yeah, play football as well like, yeah, yeah so we're dedicated to that way of playing and if you think about it, the, the teams that we were facing in that World Cup was Chile who was an exceptional Chile yeah. team they went and won two Copa Americas afterwards Alexis Sanchez Arturo Vidal Holland made the semi-final uh, of the tournament and Spain came off the you know they didn't do well that World Cup but they were coming off the back of Euro World Cup Euro yeah. winning you know it was so an unbelievable tough, right? team yeah I think we had three of the top seven and then yeah the Aussies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, um, did well. Um, I was just going to ask, did he say anything to the group when he left? But like, this is why I'm leaving, you know, because it, it was a no, strange decision. Yeah, so were you guys like, shocked when you heard he was walking? Yeah, there had been like rumours, like mm. you guys, the media, um, yeah, had said, these guys. Yeah, I, I had the inside word. I'm this complex. I'm just saying Bradbury of media. Yeah, um, yeah so we had kind of read rumours, but his yeah. whole process through the qualifying campaign was he was so confident that we were going to qualify so he's like don't care what anyone else is saying we will qualify what we're preparing for is World Cup games yeah. we're not preparing for like Jordan away or other yeah. stuff we're preparing for to take this World Cup by storm yeah. so then when he when it was announced that he left we were, we were a little bit like it's that is kind of yeah. odd because the whole two years of like believing in him and trusting him that what we're going to do at World Cup and hopefully do something special for him to to not be there. Yeah. But you know, there's other things that go on. We you know we just yeah. rocked up at camp on in Sydney, came and shook his hand in the morning and went to training. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes, or you know he might have a a future of of wanting to you know yeah, coach in the club yeah. and thought this is probably my time to get out. Yeah. I can't turn this opportunity down and. Yeah. Um, you need to get him on the show and ask him. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, we're working on it. And we're not. Are you watching? He's probably commenting right now. Yeah, we know you're not watching, but uh, <laughs> if, if someone shows this to you, Ange, please come on and explain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one last thing about your uh, soccer is career, but uh, you know, when you were you, you were involved under Ange in, in that camp. 
uh, or in that, that uh, era. Uh, what's it like then for you as a player when you hear that a guy who, who has obviously played you is leaving and then you don't know who's coming in and then the guy comes in might not pick you and you know this is it's obviously different to club football where you can just go and mm. leave yeah. you know, you've obviously got ambitions to play at the highest level of international football so and I assume you still do yeah. so what you know what do you how do you kind of get in the new manager's eye like yeah, it was, it was, Arnie yeah <laughs> no. it was um, yeah it's weird because I don't think anyone in the squad ever felt comfortable he, he loved not making the squad feel comfortable so I always used to <laughs> leave terrible. I used to leave camps <laughs> and being like I, I have no idea yeah. like if I'm going to be in the camp yeah. or if he thinks I'm a decent player or, and you then you'd be like okay I'm in the next camp so he must kind of like me but then you're like you just weren't ever sure and, and he loved that about everyone I think every player didn't feel maybe a couple of the boys felt Timmy. comfortable yeah Matty Ryan yeah but then there's like good, we've got good yeah, goalies as well that so we've got a good depth like I think it put everyone in, on alert in terms of if they weren't playing yeah someone can step in and yeah. I think he liked that about it um, but yeah, then he left. I think he left in no- November, and then um, yeah, I've not really. I hurt my knee in the January, mm. had an operation, and then yeah. I've not been back in since. But that's just something that hopefully, yeah, good performances at Sydney might might get my Stephen Bradbury right back in there. Yeah, how is that? The McGowan <laughs> brothers this is, this are coming back. knocking on the door. Yeah, they're going to be in fashion very soon. If we've got anything to do with it, we're <laughs> huge fans now. The McGowan brothers. Oh man, that's. Um, Comment on Facebook from Christina Kumi, who's a diehard Sydney FC fan, and I'm sure you'll probably meet her during the course of the season. Okay. Uh, bluntly, she wants to know what went wrong against Brisbane, and which ties in nicely to item two on the agenda, which is talking about the FFA Cup. Yeah, good comment. Um, Direct comment. Yeah. yeah, obviously as a club and as a, as a playing group, we're bitterly disappointed in, in being knocked out. Um, but in saying that, I think we can take as many positives from a loss in terms of we felt we did play well as, as a team we did feel <laughs> is that Dylan? Uh, this is Dylan's wife absolute snore fest this love from Dylan <laughs> off your wife's account is this your wife's account? yes that's, yeah, that's my so yeah so I told you you didn't have Facebook snore but fest Dylan. Yeah, Dylan after mate. everything we did for you yeah no no Dylan honestly I was talking all about how you should be in the Socceroos and then he's giving me the snore fest yeah he's I, think I'm, I think I'm team Ryan delete yeah yeah it's disappointing, but it was Comment, to be expected. Who are you? Team Ryan, Team Dylan. Let's yeah. go. Let's yeah. go. Can, can, can we set up a poll at the back somewhere? <laughs> Just, yeah. Disappointed Ryan in the missus as well, letting him yeah, 100%. on Facebook. But 100%. Yeah. Um, does yeah, he so not just have this Wi-Fi set up at his place? What's going on? It's, he doesn't like Facebook. Richer. Well, he obviously does like Facebook because he's on it, but he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't have it. But um, um, yeah, so Brisbane. we're disappointed. So yeah, I hate to sidetrack you with some yeah, no, snore fest. I wanted to know, it was Fowler's first game, Rob Fowler obviously his coach. Did you were you surprised by Brisbane? Did they did they seem kind of maybe a bit further ahead than A League teams often are at this stage in the season? You know, brought in yeah, it was, a few players. It was difficult for me because it was my first kind of A yep. League game, so I could, I didn't have anything to, yep. to judge it against. But um, us as a team were another night. Mm. The, the old football saying is sort of the, any other night we probably could have nicked it, and, and moments when against us so they got like a deflected goal yep. just before half time which changes the whole context of the game really yeah. because it had been quite an even first half we thought we could have maybe had a penalty our final ball was maybe a little bit let down which again it's pre-season will we'll hopefully come by the start of the season but then we get hit on the on the counter attack and it's 2-0 and then all of a sudden you're thinking we've got do you mean we're really struggling but then we 
um, Alfie has a great chance straight afterwards. Mm. You know, if he scores, you fancy us to then go on and win the game. But it's one of those one of those results that it's it's more annoying because it's a cup competition and we're out straight away. Yeah. And as a club, we wanted to progress it and you know make the finals, win everything that we're mm. in. Um, so we're we're disappointed in that. But at the same time, we know that with more games, with more playing yeah. with each other, learning the system, um, we will get better and. Um, which is which is good moving forward it's not as if it was a case of we were totally outplayed yeah. and we've got a lot of work to do yeah um probably our the f- most work we need to do is is um transition i guess defensively being more organized yeah. and um just the final ball which we've got players that can do it but when you're having a bit of an off night or everyone's not at their peak performance yeah get results like we did on last wednesday and is it hard you know, we were talking before uh, when we were off air about you've still got nine weeks of pre-season until the A-League kicks yeah. off. Is it hard to kind of just turn it on for a, you know, a competitive knockout prestigious cup game when really you've only just kind of, you know, in, in your case and a lot of other players, you've really only just rocked up? Yeah. So it's it hard to just flick the switch and, and then everything has to come together and next thing you know you're out. Yeah, Not for the Stephen Bradbury of Australian football. <laughs> no, one, he, he can play against Holland and yeah. get assists. He nearly missed the flight uh, and he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's... Um, yeah, it is. And even from like a, a medical sports scientist kind of thing, they, they probably yeah. don't want us to be peak fitness mm. now because then, yeah. what do you mean? Season probably yeah, still gone in March, eight months. We, we, we will be knackered. So yeah. it's a, a case of, of getting us fit. Mm. But also, our main concern has been raring to go for Adelaide first yeah. game of the season. Yeah. But the annoying thing now is obviously being knocked out of the FA Cup is that we don't have those big games between now and the start of the season so we're going to have to organise a few friendlies and, and play teams that um, I don't know probably other A-League teams that have been knocked out and, and try and get our match fitness and competitive games from, from there Stephanie yeah. McGowan on Facebook sensational his underarm are not meant to be tight fitting he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's slagging it. I think this is quite good yeah it looks alright the jackets are alright I kind of had a bit of a go last week at the uh, shirt um, not like but the, the high line, it just kind of freaked me out. Yeah, a bit. the Villas Boas, the high line. Yeah, the yeah. Villas Boas, so the Alan Stadjic high line. No, sorry, the Ante Miljic high yeah, line. It looks quite good. Um, but no, that looks all right actually. That's a not yeah. very nice jacket. He's struggling now, and he knows he's struggling with those. And then comments. also, you know, <laughs> love love the show, guys. Ha ha. All right, see, that's good. That's long good. way back for you. Yeah, no, 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 I'm back on Team good. Dylan. 100. I tell you what was good about Team Dylan was Wanderers going to Perth and knocking him out in the FFA Cup in mm-hmm. extra time. That yeah, was. Yeah. Uh, impressive win because obviously you're up against champions again it's hard sometimes to tell like you were saying yeah. both teams are a bit yeah they're not at their peak and they shouldn't be at this stage of comp but that's a massive result for the Wanderers in extra time and it really kind of probably brings the team together because it comes up and I was happy because I was Dylan did a good show and <laughs> yeah, I was like I hope yeah. he wins and, and do you guys as players look at this sort of stuff uh, even though it is pre-season go, oh geez Wanderers laid down a bit of a marker there they knocked out Perth or is it just too far ahead yeah to, it's to, a little bit too far ahead you do go so when obviously we had got beat, the chat was um, victories out. So Jets beat victory, mm. and then Great comeback a little bit, well. yeah. And then a little bit later was obviously Perth being knocked out. Yeah. And it kind of, but then it's also a little bit because of the draw. I, I'm different. It's again yeah. the first thing. The draw is a bit different, isn't it? So it's not yeah. as if everyone's. Yeah, Adelaide played Melbourne Knights. Yeah. So you like we. You then start thinking, you know, would it have been better if we had a like yeah. a, a Melbourne Knights and yeah. obviously, no offence to them, but they're probably yeah. not on the level of, say, Brisbane Roar and then we could get yeah, those, 
Do you mean? It, yeah. it depends on a little bit, but then Wanderers go and beat Perth and Perth, which is mm. one of the toughest games, and, and they'll like that. They'll spring them on. Yeah. But I don't think Perth will be sitting there going, "We've got a long, long season. We're not where we want to yeah. be." Yeah. They'll just be more frustrated that on the night they got beat, and yeah. similar to us, we now have ten well, weeks of preseason or whatever it is. I tell you what's going to be sensational is I think Sydney United versus uh, Wanderers. That's going to yeah. be a brilliant. I think that's really like. My personal view, that's what I want to see in the FA Cup. As much as it is good to see you know, City v Brisbane, it is the, when it's the kind of the historical NPL clubs playing against, uh, you know, the A-League clubs. And, you know, you see Brisbane... Particularly Wanderers has a lot of that. Sort of, yeah, it's a local area, derby. Really, as well. yeah. Yeah. It's a local derby. I think the atmosphere is going to be great. I, I, like, I'll probably try and get out there. So I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, game to see how the Wanderers have improved. Um, I've just got, uh, before we go on, two more questions from Facebook. One yeah. is directed at you, actually. This, oh. is, this is rare. Here we go. From a certain Michael Tomolaris. Oh, I have heard of that guy. Do you yeah, ever, yeah, have you ever yeah, seen Tom the Tour de France? Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's no, good. I, I rate that uh, Ryan McGowan doesn't recognise Michael Tomolaris. That's already a very good thing. Anyway, he just, he, wants, to know if you, he just <laughs> wants to know if you take your fashion tips from Leland Chin. Yeah, 100%. What's wrong And also, the, someone before or did gig? ask his name, I've since forgotten, what's the shirt? The shirt, uh, the shirt is from Football Cult, uh, Anthony Siokas. Uh, it's a tribute to the uh, 1974 Australia team. It's got the line-up. You know, I want to I want to get one made for the Ryan McGowan at right back now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and a diagram of the cross. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll actually be Franich cross, Milligan cross, <laughs> Ryan McGowan. So I'll be out here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With Stephen Bradbury. Yeah. Stephen Bradbury just skating around. <laughs> now, but uh, it's a really good shirt. Football cult. Uh, check it out. It's a tribute to the '74 World Cup team. So one of our, obviously, the first team to qualify for the World Cup. And the second question right, just disappeared off the screen, but it was Jess Savitt, and she wanted to know what the... Gee, I like I remember that. Uh, wanted to know from you what the... Obviously, you've only played the one competitive game, but what's the intensity like? Uh, and I guess you could broaden this out. I'll hijack your question, Jess. What's this? What's the intensity like of training and playing here compared to what you're experiencing overseas? Mm. Good question. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, a good, good it's a very good standard. Um, I think Australia's... Um, you know, so I was part of the the SASI group, um, so which was like the Australian South Australian Institute of Sport oh, under the late. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, you were like, yeah, <laughs> um, which was the like the late Martin Crook, who unfortunately passed away. But he had I remember back then, so we were 15, 16, and we mm-hmm. had like heart rate monitors, GPS. Yeah. I think Australia is so far ahead of of everything in, in footballing terms and, and sports science. Mm. Um, so we had a real up, good upbringing in terms of like good training sessions, yeah. um, you know, information on playing different systems. Yeah. Whereas then when I went to the UK, yeah. they're a little bit more like, we know what works, yeah. yeah. So this is just how we continue to go on. And um, even here at, at Sydney, I've noticed that, you know, the professionalism in terms of what we do on and off the field yeah. is probably the best of any of the clubs I've played for or any of the clubs that that I know of that are not elite level mm. um, which is a good thing because like that we want to be as professional and, uh, and the best that we can be and um, it's one of the main reasons that I came back to, to Sydney FC was that everyone that I spoke to w- spoke so highly of how the clubs run and, and everything that they do mm. 
is the, to be the best and um, that's something that you want to be involved with yeah. as a player. Can I ask, because you were in China for quite a few years, yeah. uh, you know, you were very successful in terms of, the, I think you won the FA Cup there, yeah. you were the men of the match in the uh, final. I think uh, I scored as well. But Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> have you also go. scored a Scottish Cup final? Yeah. Are yeah. you the only person to have scored a Scottish that's Cup final and a Chinese Cup final? That's a trivia question and uh, 100% that would be the, the 100% only player. 100% correct, yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's, that's quality. There's not many, this there's is not many players that And assisted at a World Cup final. You're, uh, pretty, fa- you're pretty famous. Yeah, you're pretty famous. But what I wanted to know, in, in China... In the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just been slashed here because someone someone says, does Rowan take his hair tips from Glenn McGrath? Oh, all right. That's Dylan again. Oh, wow, Glenn McGrath? <laughs> Dylan What's wrong with Glenn that. McGrath? He, like, yeah. he says I've had the same hairstyle since I was like nine. Yeah, but see, if it, it works, it works. You've been scoring yeah. in cup finals, so what does it, yeah. it matter? But I wanted to know, uh, in China, because obviously... We know of some of the really kind of star players uh-huh. that go there. And then you have, obviously, the local players. What was your experience like, the, the standard of all the teams, the standard of training, even the lifestyle? Because sometimes yeah. it does feel like a bit of a weird, like a very big, different change of pace in life for the players. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to, to try and explain in terms of everyone sees the, the top level in yeah. terms of like the crazy transfer fees, the crazy... Salaries. salaries and everything like that but so what they Oscar, Hulk yeah players, but what yeah. they also don't see is sort of the grassroots level so that, that money does filter down in terms of so when I was at Shandong mm. we had like a complex which yeah. I can only describe as I think we had seven full-size pitches wow. a 3,000 seater stadium that we used to train on for the open days we had um, a seven-story building which was had its gym swimming pool um, sauna, like jacuzzi, everything, the indoor running tracks. Level two was a medical level, so they had their own um, like x ray machines, scanning machines, which was good and bad because if you felt like, do you mean, yeah. I feel my hammy, might pull my hammy, yeah. they just used to say, right, upstairs, yeah. we're going to get it scanned and we can tell you straight away what your scan is. Whereas here, they may be like, oh, you've maybe got a grade one, but. Yeah. You need to go for a you scan. Couldn't track a very easy. Yeah, so they were they were like so professional. And then the next two levels was um, everyone had your own room, mm. so that's where all your like your kit went. So your training stuff, you had your shower, and then if you had a double session, so you'd have lunch there. That you then go back to your room, relax, oh, you could have like sleep. sleep. Wow. You can do whatever you want. Um, siesta, siesta, yeah. yeah. And then like night before games, that's where you stayed. So they were like so professional in terms of having everything that you literally could want. But then other things they were unprofessional in in terms of like timekeeping, travel arrangements, really? other things that you just kind of take for granted. They were mm. they were off superstitions. So you'd, the season before they won in a hotel, which was like forty five minutes away from the, the like almost a different yeah. city. So then this this season when you go and play and you're staying an hour away because you lost like they they had things that you couldn't quite work out country from um, the Ritesaris yeah is it a big kind a of big thing. culture shock for you as an Aussie you know obviously there's a language barrier and all that yeah. and how do the, does the club help you with that yeah or? so they, so they're they're really good in, so similar to here you're only allowed uh, five foreigners yeah. there was at the time so yeah, um, yeah you, they just worry about so when I first arrived um Again, it was quite good. They're like, this is your translator. Um, this is your driver. Wow. And this guy will help you when you're in and around the club. Okay. And that's just for you. And then like, we had a couple of Brazilians. Yeah. And they had it the same each. So if you wanted to go anywhere, call your driver and he would drive you around. If you're at the training ground, 
you had to translate it that stayed next to you and, and made sure everything was okay. And Did you feel like a bit of a rock star? It's, it was totally, I came from hearts where everyone just left you to be to <laughs> these two guys to are, yeah these <laughs> two guys are following you around and um, but on, yeah that's, on the just, training that's pitch. what you're doing runs do. and the translators running with you <laughs> yeah. yeah so what are you saying is but yeah so it, yeah. like that even on training pitch it sounds crazy so yeah. if we're doing like shape yeah there'd be so say if I was like right center back yeah. he'd kind of be on that side yeah. of the pitch and if the coach stopped yeah. he would come all the translators would come running on so they'd go to the strikers or go to whoever they're talking to that's fantastic he would be talking and they'd be yeah. saying it and then he'd go like, right play and they'd have to sprint <laughs> sprint back off and, and the whistle goes again and they come back on so they'll fit um, yeah but they, it was just that's just how they do it and, mm. and like that they do have so much money and, and mm. they do want to put money in but then all of our younger teams have yeah. training bases they have yeah. all the right stuff for them to to be a success. Do you think we're going to see that in the in the fuse? Because I think there's always been talk of the amount of money they're putting in, and I think their president right now is a huge football fan, and they yeah. see it as like a very important kind of like way to put China around the world. Well, it's such a massive like population as well. Yeah, right? they yeah. must be able to source players with the right level of investment. But do you think we could see them like challenging for a World Cup in 30, 40, 50 years? I think I think all of Asia is getting better. Mm they're all putting money into to grassroots and I think they have been for probably a lot longer than we yeah. have as, as a country and yeah my probably biggest worry is that in seven years time yeah. we might be seeing all of them Animals. starting to reap those re- rewards and then we realise that we should do it and then the knock on effect is we can be struggling for the next 10-15 years because of uh, you know sort of well, pushing away our Mm. grassroots or, or yeah. how we should be focusing our attention on mm. and all these other countries that have been investing in that yeah, and, and are, are reaping the awards and uh, again like the qualifying campaigns is all these teams are getting a lot better mm. and it, it's not as easy as maybe 10-15 years ago where, the, where they weren't as professional they've, they've really upped their game and um, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for us to qualify for World Cups Well speaking of big money let's talk about the English Premier League Yep uh, do you have a team? Not really. Too not busy? Yeah, too busy. Too, <laughs> too busy, busy annoying Dylan. And <laughs> Cup finals, mate. Um, no, don't really have a team. Um, just enjoy enjoy watching it, but um, yeah, I don't have a team that I follow or, or support. Well, Matt has a team, and Matt's team is Chelsea, mm. and they had an awful result, I would they say, did. And this morning. Uh, Laurie, who works just behind the screen here, yeah. actually texted me and said, I want to know, I want you to answer on the Facebook Live why you're not wearing a Chelsea shirt. So thanks for bringing that up. So uh, they lost 4-0. Wh- what were your game thoughts? that they dominated really? the first half of, and mm. then uh, uh, Zuma gave away a silly pen, uh, and then boom, boom, two United goals, and it was just game on. Um, yeah. But I, I think the scoreline, you know, fan or otherwise, I think the scoreline was, was relatively misleading. And um, Chelsea hit the post twice in the first half, had the better opportunities, uh, and lost one. Yeah, I mean, it does, it does happen. But, uh, you know, if you look at some of the stats, uh, Chelsea had more shots. Mm, tell me the stats, 11. please. United only, they've scored four goals from five shots on target, one of which, of course, is a penalty. Now, Kurt Zuma gives away the penalty, and I, you know, I know they have injuries and they have transfer bans and stuff, but, I mean, Kurt Zuma, he had huge raps on him when he was very young, mm. coming come through. Mourinho was a big fan when he signed him. And to be honest, if I'm a Chelsea fan, I don't want him being my starting centre-back. He doesn't mm. seem like he's at that level, and that seemed to come out today. He was really quite poor. It was a surprise, too, because obviously they've just sold David Luiz to Arsenal, 
For um, 8 million as well. Like yeah, nothing. but the gist of it seemed to be the like conversation. like Dylan McGowan prices. <laughs> Or Ryan, which yeah. Ryan, no, Ryan, two of the price one. If, if Harry Maguire and then Ryan McGowan, we'd have a big night out if any of us went for eight million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it seemed odd that they. Uh, it seemed like the gist of what had happened yeah. was that Frank Lampard, that David Luiz said, "I'm your number one guy," mm. and Lampard said, "Well, you got to fight for your spot." Yeah. Um, to me, it doesn't seem like there is any universe in which David Luiz wouldn't be starting for no. Chelsea in the particular set of circumstances they've got, yeah. and so he walked anyway. The, the but there's is, no way that even the, as error prone as David Luiz. Seems yeah. to be, um, and wasn't when they won the Europa League last season, and also the Premier League before that. There's no way he wouldn't have been playing in this game. Yeah, well, I even said, uh, and maybe, maybe it was a bit much, but I thought, you know, you see Maguire going for uh, 80, 90 mil, and this Maguire's a very good, solid centre back, but he's not very well 10 sporting. times mm. better than David Luiz at 8 million. Mm. And I know David Luiz has a good relationship with uh, Unai Emery from the time at PSG. Uh, yeah. Edu for the time with Brazil he's the uh, technical director for Brazil for a while but I think uh, David Luiz is a very good central defender who maybe I sometimes think because of his hair people notice when he's a bit more out of position that's why you got to keep the yeah. Glenn McGrath <laughs> hair because in the way like he draws attention to himself yeah, yeah I notice it with Guendouzi when I'm watching mm. Arsenal all I'm watching or is, is that David Luiz how would you know yeah well, now you won't yeah, know now you won't know um, maybe that's why he's went there so that yeah. you can <laughs> get under the radar yeah. Um, no, but I think Arsenal have done well to get him, and I think Chelsea are going to miss Davos. I think so, as, as well. we saw. Well, as we saw definitely this morning. I mean, Rudiger still to come back from injury, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was odd. But I do think the scoreline for the Whitmers leading. I think Frank Lampard would probably be quite happy with some of how some of the younger players yeah. uh, played. That he gave a lot of opportunities Mason, to Mason uh, Mount, Mount played yeah. well. Tammy Abraham played quite well. Uh, yeah. And you've got to think, they've still got Conte to come back to full fitness. They've got William to come back. Pulisic yeah. came off the bench. I mean, he's a really exciting young player. Um, would you have started uh, Giroud up front? Uh, well, actually, a lot to go to Manchester United to go to Old Trafford. Well, Mourinho said this actually on his uh, punchy last okay. night that Lampard didn't play enough experienced players. I no. tweeted last night in the. Not in often the I agree break. with Mourinho. <laughs> well, I, and and he I does know more than me. Well, I didn't, but yeah. I, uh, I tweeted in a, a, a 2:50 a.m. rage this morning. Yeah. Nothing says you're three 0 down away yeah. from home than yeah. Olivier Giroud just falling over trying to win free kicks. Yeah. It's like every time, 70 minutes in, you're two 0 down, you're wrong. Seems yeah. to happen all the time, and he never seems to actually impact the game. He seems to be better from the start. He scored a lot of goals in the Europa League last yeah. season when he was starting games. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference to the result. In but the you're, end, not I don't think it was. you're not no, panicking. You're not panicking as a Chelsea so. fan, and I think Chelsea fans are actually excited. First of all, because Lampard's there. Yeah. But second of all, to see some of these young players get a go, and young yeah. players will make mistakes. Yeah. And as long as you're willing to wear it and, yeah. and encourage them, then I think fans want to see their yeah. own players. Um, you know, looked after, and there's still Loftus Cheek to come back, Hudson Adore as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one game, and I think the Lampard's got so much credit in the bank there. Yeah. Um, it's quite a smart appointment for them it in, is. Ter- it's a in PR terms of move, right? the, the transfer ban, which is going to put a little bit. Of, again, it's also a good move in terms of Lampard because he does have a few things that he can fall back on. So if results go terrible for the first mm. six months, he can say, well, I couldn't bring in any players. Yeah. I had to play a lot of the younger players who maybe weren't ready. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does give the Chelsea sort of yeah. how they've been the last ten years a totally different mm. thing. And going back to um, the small margins in football, I think it's Abraham that hits the mm. post the first four minutes. minutes in, if he scores yeah. that, and yeah. then they sit back and defend. All of a sudden, Lampard's yeah. gone to Old Trafford, got a win, yeah. and it's just totally. And now the pressure's all on Solskjaer. Yeah, mm. and I think actually and someone like Tammy Abraham, everyone's like, "Why is he starting? He's yeah. flying." Yeah, yeah. and it and just I goes to prove, and it's just football uh, you love it and hate it sometimes mm. because small key decisions can change yeah. 
outcomes of games and yeah. And seasons, seasons yeah, yeah, completely. I, I think as well because I looked at this and thought, <laughs> so when Chelsea get relegated now, it'll be you can tell look at yeah. the post and then go in. But I was looking at it and I thought, and Drew came on at the last twenty. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I thought Chelsea were unlucky in terms of they hit the post, and I didn't think Manchester were that dominant. Even mm. they scored the pen, and then their third goal comes fifteen seconds. Or the Pogba just felt like Razzley yeah. a couple yeah. of times in the game. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. there's obviously they have the quality. Obviously, Ange Postecoglou must have called him and said, "Guys, off kick off, we score." <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Uh, yeah. He's right, isn't he? It's worked. Stats don't lie. But yeah, I just looked at it like, well, for Manchester United, even though personally I don't think the performance was that incredible, not to reflect a 4 0 score, the confidence it gives all those players. Maguire's yeah. had a great debut. Uh, James, the young kid, has come off the bench, scored. scored. You know, they're just Aaron Wan Bissaka played really well. Aaron Wan has done well. Rashford scored. And when you're going as well. from Palace to, yeah. to United, like these are these, you know, yeah. a lot of pressure on these young guys to. You've got to prove your fit in because yeah. people keep saying, you know, I mean, United haven't been. Uh, as competitive the last few seasons as they'd yeah. like, but and, and you can tell us this too as a player. Like when a club like that, even if they're not at the heights they used to be, you yeah. still got to prove you fit in to a, a club of that stature, even if the results aren't. Yeah, I, even it's be. just I think it's personal. It's like any walk of life, I guess. If you go into a new job or a new role, you want to be showing that you fit in and that you can do the job that you've been brought in to That's do. That's what it, we're doing wrong. So, yeah, you're still probably struggling on that front. Yeah, and yeah. yeah when me and Dylan retire, <laughs> we'll be sitting outside. <laughs> no, but it, it is. You want to do, you want to do, um, you know, do well in your first games and your first, because first influences or first impressions are, mm. are massive and I think especially at these big clubs, it is important that you kind of hit the ground running and um, you've seen so many players come with big reputations to big clubs and not hit the ground running and then it's a it's an uphill battle to, to get the club back on side I guess and Speaking of big clubs Man City under your man Pep yeah. phenomenal first first up performance uh, It was like, How many levels have these guys got to go to do you yeah, think? Yeah because so there was a few things here they were obviously away from home West Ham I thought are a good team like under yeah. Pellegrini there's a good squad there and City looked so far above them. And they just flick the switch, don't they? And it's, yeah. it's just Boom. slight. Like, I didn't expect them to be this good first game of the season, slicing them open for fun. I mean, VAR ruled out a few goals by the armpit The or prolific yeah. armpit of Raheem <laughs> Sterling, was, huh? It was someone ridiculous. And I honestly, I mean, maybe we'll get onto that, but I think they need to change the offside law. You know, it's not offside if it's that. Like, yeah, at some point, the reason you have offside is built so people can just lump it into the box and some yeah, guy yeah. be waiting there. Well, the funny it's thing is the referees are uh, def- the def- uh, in the defence of the VAR. Yeah. Their number one defence of the use of VAR is yeah. offside because they reckon it's the most factual. You're well, either on or you're off. Yeah, true. I, I agree. Mm. But, I, but it used, I, to, you can it used to be a benefit of the doubt yeah. to the striker. Yeah, and also like there used to be a thing about like in daylight and stuff. There's no daylight. Yeah. I think... Uh, the referee isn't wrong to say it's offside. I think the rule, FIFA needs to change it to say, this is, when we created the offside rule, it was so we didn't have goal poachers just hanging mm. near the goal. Okay, but we don't want it so ridiculous that if, you know, a good move is not a like goal. Like an application yeah. of like the sense of occasion rule. Yeah. Like, oh, jeez, he's, Tim Cale's volleyed that in and was a toenail oh. offside. Just let it go. Yeah. So, two rules that I always make. If it's an amazing goal, it's got to count. Or if it's hilarious, it's mm. got a count. And yeah. the clips across parts Yeah, or if it's like against an old rival or something. Also it's exactly the VAR was brought in to, was it not uh, clear and clear obvious? And obvious areas, yeah, yeah, that was areas. what they said. It and I think now it's starting to get, it's every goal they mm. check, and yep. it's kind of losing that whole, yep. was it clear and obvious? Because it was meant to be yep. a clear handball or a clear offside. Yep. And I think now 
everyone's a little bit scared of they've taken the common sense well, I think common sense has totally gone from football yeah. um, but I think they're, they're taking that pushing that right to the limit and mm. it showed at the weekend with, with that decision yeah so I think for me it, it, I thought City were probably favourites for the title it's even put them further ahead I think after mm. that performance and you don't want to go overreact to one game they looked so good. They've got Kinsella to come in from Juventus, an amazing attacking right back. That was kind of, if they only had weaknesses, it was maybe in the fullbacks and they needed cover for Fernandinho. Yeah. Rodri from Atletico Madrid, we knew he was good already at Atletico, but he just showed he just fits into that system so well. I think he had 96% passing accuracy on nearly 100 and some passes. Of the, some of the passing out from the back, even by Pep standards, was, was oh. hairy. Yeah, and like he, in the six yard box. Yeah. Like, and he just, how, far is this, how far can he push this? He like, looked annoyed. He looked like he was disappointed with always this, disappointed. this yeah. team. Like, I don't know. It, it was scary to the point of it's like their dominance. And Liverpool are with them as well. Like Germany. Bayern and Dortmund. Or Scotland. You know, Celtic and kind of sometimes Rangers, I yeah. guess. But it just to the point of you don't feel like... West. I mean, that's why I say West Ham are not a bad team. They lost 5-0 at home to City. Mm. I'm just worried on day how many games throughout the season is this going to be mm. the case? Like, are they going to play six you, Ryan, as well? Like when you, you know, obviously, you, obviously you watch football. Yeah. Um, that was a silly thing to say. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you can recover. What, pressure's on. <laughs> when you watch uh, Pep's team play, or any of Pep's teams, but particularly the way they're playing now with City mm. and also Barcelona at their peak, as a player, is that is that where you watch it and go? this is football, this is my kind of football, or are you so ingrained in being coached into playing different types of ways that you actually maybe don't really appreciate it as much till, you know, maybe um, later on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, are you a purist? Are you, or are you, I don't know. You've got I, like Scotland, I mean. Yeah, no, I quite like the idea. I think everyone loves football. I, I don't kind of get this how it should be played. Yeah. There's, ne- there's never been a football should be played a certain way. Yeah. And I think everyone loves it because you can play so many different formations, you can play so many different styles, yeah. certain players. Well, you look, um, Burnley also had a 3-0 win against um, Southampton, but yeah. still playing a very different, direct, direct <laughs> kind of way. Uh, yeah. I, I anyway, yeah. well, Leicester yeah. won the Premier League basically just counter-attacking going yeah. on to Jamie Vardy. Yeah. But it, it, there's so many different uh, you know, ways of playing. and I think sometimes managers and top-level managers not get away with it as such. I'm not taken anything away from mm. Guardiola but everywhere he's gone he's gone to massive yeah. clubs and he spent massive amounts of money yeah. to get the players that he wants to fit his system yeah. I would just love to see him go to yeah. a Burnley Sydney yeah. FC a Sydney FC or just go somewhere and not have the so-called standard of players yeah. that he has yeah. and see if he adapts or mm. what he does in terms of he has this style of playing and it's and it is unbelievable to watch and it's it is so successful but he also spends hundreds of millions on fullbacks yeah. when clubs in this same league the he doesn't like it. Yeah, like, but yeah. clubs in the same league can't yeah. even buy that for their main striker mm. or for squad players and mm. um, well I think that's yeah. one of the worries is that City they have obviously the most money more or less and they're spending it actually really well like all yeah. the players that, so sometimes in the past we've had teams spend big money but a lot of times the signings haven't come off or whatever mm. so it's kept a bit parity they seem they're so far ahead financially and in their application of it that it actually is going to I'm worried about the competitiveness and make it a bit boring I don't want to yeah. the one team just smashing well, every Liverpool single Liverpool surely aren't going to just rack up 97 points again and come second like that was an all time race well like, let's talk about it if Liverpool. someone doesn't 
light a fire under the the, the chasing team. Mm. Yeah. Like, but but then the other question is, can you get bored watching a team like this? And we all talked about Barcelona, you know, yeah. at their peak, and no one ever said because Bar- and La Liga has traditionally been a two horse race. Yeah. No one ever got bored of Barcelona. I mean, so good. I, I remember people saying it was towards the end, especially it was a bit boring because they'd have eighty percent possession. It felt like mm, it was just yeah. attack versus defenders. I think it is a worry, and it's hard because you can't say to teams, "Listen, you're winning too much. You're dominating yeah. well, too you much." Well, you can't regular. Well, you can try, but yeah. So, but I think it's a worry because if it's happening in England, if it's happening in Spain, if it's happening in France, something in Germany, the European Super League will start to form. Yeah, just out of, and that will kill. I think so many clubs and I think it'd be a disaster for football as we know it um, but then you also can flip it so yeah. say you take the top four or five out mm. of England and put them in a Super League yeah then you get Wolves less mm. you, you then get seven clubs who all of a sudden think we could win the league yeah that's true yeah. and then that like so obviously I spent a lot of time in Scotland yeah and Celtic and Rangers always wanted to get to England mm. and everyone's kind of like oh it would cause chaos and mm. they'd lose all the money yeah it would and it wouldn't but it at the point is at the start of that next season you would have five or six teams that realistically go we could win this yeah. so we're going so to spend a little bit of money the door at this point so yeah. Well, yeah everyone inside Scotland that doesn't like Celtic Rangers hates them and wants them out everyone else kind of thinks that they're amazing but it's a situation and, and the Premier League turn- like all these kind of teams like even England Pre- English Premier League mm. realistically there's probably two teams maybe three absolutely Right could, now? The, and everyone else is just fighting for fourth yeah. which 10 years ago probably wasn't the case yeah. and, it, and it is that influence of, of money and um, yeah it is a little bit of a worrying trend and we, and we spoke about it at training when does it there has to be an end point yeah exactly in terms of like 80 million 10 years ago got you the best player in the world yeah. in Ronaldo yeah. and Real Madrid brought him mm-hmm. now it's getting you a Leicester centre back yeah that's gone to, to it's gone to Manu and it's, it's it's a great point. It's a great point. It will well, be interesting to see in the do you mean in ten years time is it mm. gonna be two hundred million for a, a left back? Yeah. Well, C- CDFC the wondrous yeah. eighty five million dollar transfer. We can only hope. <laughs> and just imagine if that sort of money was floating around Australian yeah, football. It'd be great. Uh, and speaking of money, let's talk transfers. Yeah. Uh, some of the, the European transfer windows still open. A couple of question marks over and we talked about this last week. Um, the biggest transfers have been the non transfers of yeah. particularly Neymar and Bale. Mm. Bale played in a friendly for Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- where's he going to go? Bale or Neymar? Bale. Bale. And how much is this guy worth? Bale. China was throwing huge money at yeah. him, right? Yeah, my opinion is Bale's going to stay at Real Madrid because for two reasons. And play? No. So this is what I think. He's going to be off the bench or uh, whatever. But I bugger. think Bale basically is spoken to Madrid or whatever and they've said listen stick around because Zidane might not be here mm. in four months Madrid love to do a comunicado oficial which is when they just give you the big firing comunicado oficial thank you Benitez thank you Lopetegui did thank they you. not beg Zidane to come back yeah but this is wrong. They're, they're, yes. they're these, it's mad they're the biggest <laughs> club in the world and they know it so they look at it like yeah well, we don't yeah. care if we mm. beg you to come back we'll bin you as soon as we feel like it so is that what Mourinho is doing waiting for the Real Madrid job Again. Possibly, or yeah. the other, you know, Pochettino might be looking at it. There's a lot of uh, coaches that obviously it's Real Madrid, you want yeah. to go there. Um, I think Bale's going to stay, and I think I think Zidane will probably be gone by December. I really don't. Real Madrid looked terrible in preseason. If it goes shaky early, you lose Big to Barca yeah. in the Clasico, and you're not playing Bale, who's one of the president's favourite players as well. Not even that, they're spending 
yeah. millions and millions of them. I think probably yeah. they're in that situation of no one's going to buy them. Yeah. He's, he's making expensive. millions. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's making money. Yeah. And they've probably turned around and said to him, you know, you're the manager of this club. Yeah. Do your job and manage yeah. your players. And I think sometimes coaches can outgrow that. Even Lampard, to a certain extent, mm. he... Chelsea might have been thinking what you're doing here and he's mm. maybe had a bit of a power trip in terms of I want him out and I want to lay a marker down that if you think that you're playing or do you know what I mean sometimes it's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that yeah. us from afar look at and go that's a little bit strange but yeah. you know the inner workings of it was Louise for example wasn't training well and was being a bad influence yeah. and Lampard's went and said get him out we'll play yeah. someone else that wants to be here and um, and you see, like, and this is the thing, it's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I, I remember when Pep Guardiola first got to Barca, Ronaldinho, Deco, and he tried to get rid of Eto yes, that yeah. season. He got rid of him the next season. But he, just but he had, had an unbelievable season anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, at, but at that time, that was huge. Ronaldinho was one of the best players in the world. To say you're gone, but then at the same time, you think of someone like Vias Boas comes in at Chelsea, try to, I think, bench what, John All Terry them, at yeah. the time, yeah. and it blew Too up in his soon. face. And like, That's what I mean, it's... When you see it, you sometimes go, well, it could work. It no, also yeah. could explode. So. And have you ever been in a, you know, not necessarily naming names, but feel free to if you want the cameras, that one there. <laughs> yeah. um, but ever been in the dressing room where, you know, the team's struggling a bit, maybe you're not playing or things aren't going so well, and, and you kind of know, and people have always accused Chelsea's players of doing this, where the, you kind of know the coach is he's in trouble. Yeah. And you kind of think, do I just, I'll just ride this out? And he's on the ropes. He's yeah, gone, but, yeah. and we didn't like him. And then player power is, yeah, he bounced back mysteriously. Of course, hitting rocks up, and everyone's best friends again. Do you, mm. Like, does that, does that, does that happen in dressing rooms where the yeah. players go, you know what, this guy's not much chop. We can, um, we can ride yeah, it out. Or he won't be here much longer. No, yeah, it definitely can happen. I think player, player power in the last ten years has, has become a thing in terms of look at Man U last season. Mm. You know, couldn't get a win bring in Solskjaer and all of a sudden they go nine or ten games yeah. and nothing's really changed from the outset but then there's a lot of stuff that managers can do that can that players don't agree with and I think there's a real fine balance in, in terms of managers and the top level ones obviously get it right more than the yeah. others in in terms of working with the players having that respect getting them on board and it's a, it's a, it is a really fine balance and I think that's why they you know obviously manage they have to manage that playing group and it is a case of working out which players are maybe bad eggs and then at the same time not favoring them you know I've been in many change rooms where someone's maybe playing because if you don't play him he's going to be a nightmare mm. and then the rest of the players are thinking he doesn't deserve like do you mean this yeah. coach is now playing this player because he doesn't want to handle yeah. everything that comes with there must with be so it. many egos as well that come with the cash and yeah or you've you know, we hear stories about like when Torres went to Chelsea, and they were saying like the owners brought him in. You got to play him. You you must see that in yeah. um, some of the leagues you've been in, where there's been a lot of money floating around. Yeah, in China, you know, was, what's this guy doing playing instead of me? Yeah, yeah, China was a big thing. Yeah, he brought in McGowan, this Aussie guy. <laughs> Come on, he's on all these. He's on a translator. All the lo- yeah. yeah, he's on a translator. He's got a driver. All the yeah, local yeah. players. But it, yeah, in China, for example, yeah. if we lost, um, it was my fault for for not really? defending for example and if we didn't score it was Mm. a striker's fault Mm. and the Chinese were just that Mm. was so you're talking about the foreign players the foreign players they took the majority of the responsibility because we were on a lot more money than Mm. the Chinese players were and our jobs were to enhance the team and if results weren't going the way Mm. 
you know, there's still players. If we like, say we were to play Shandong in the Champions League, there'd probably be seven or eight players, the Chinese players, that I played with, mm. you know, five years ago, six years ago. So they don't actually change the Chinese players that much. Yeah. It's just the foreigners that they bring in, and um, that's probably an issue where they're maybe going behind, and, and probably why their national team's not doing well because they just mm. bring in strikers. So yeah. there's not really any Chinese number nines that are yeah. playing week in week out, and um, right backs. Right backs, yeah, mm. and I th- I also I think it's maybe a problem in Australia in yep. terms of like our goal scoring is look at every A League club, mm. foreign foreign strikers nine. and, and, and number ten. And this is a product 10s. of the marquee system, yeah. right? Which we we talk about a lot, the marquee system and the salary cap yeah. and whether that if every team's got a foreign centre half, six, ten, and a nine, where does the next Australian, Australian yeah, yeah. number nine come from? Is that is that a realistic assessment? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's proofs in the pudding really since the A League started. Mm. You'd probably say Rogic is the, probably the best 10 that's come through the A-League. And that yeah. was probably because he was at, maybe at Mariners and they didn't have the money yeah, to bring absolutely. in a, a number 10. But yeah. you, know, you can't say that in the last 10 years we've not had a player that could possibly, yeah. if he was played week in, week out as a 9 yeah. or a 10, do well. And it, it is something that we're probably going to have to look at. But yeah, definitely. I have no idea how to how to fix it. Well, when you do, you're welcome on. Yeah, to come back get a new and tell job. Us. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> wanted to on transfers. Yeah, Neymar. Neymar. Your mate. Talk about Neymar. You're a big fan. Well, I'm a big fan. Well, I was a big fan. Ooh. I don't think he should come. I think from Barcelona's point of view, they shouldn't bring him back. And I think he's an amazing player. And we, we want to talk to you about. You yeah, know, he's pretty as, good. As your brother <laughs> reminded us, yeah, he'll uh, come out now. I bet yeah, he'll pop um, up soon. Yeah. Yeah, and you can talk about like what, what it's like to play with him. But personally, I think, as mm. amazingly talented as he is, I think right now, and I've watched Barca on the weekend against Napoli, they're a very balanced side. They've got and they're stacked up front: Griezmann, Messi, Suarez, Dembele. I don't know how you fit Neymar as well into that without causing, like we say, yeah. problems about what you're not going to start Suarez, who is you know, Messi's best friend, a senior player, I think the second or third highest owner. You've just bought Griezmann for 100 mil. You bought Dembele for 100 mil. He's your young kind of next gen. I just think it would cause so many more problems that you, and you're not going to have that much increase on talent that you already have. But well, you played against him more recently than I did, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a few years ago. And then yeah. he got scared and didn't come to China when we played Sydney FC. So oh, yeah, that's um, true. That's true. Yeah, so the boys but are I've laughing. I've played against him, so that's... <laughs> you um, saw the Sydney FC squad, said, McGowan, not McGowan, again. that's that. In fact, I'm going to leave the <laughs> club. How dare you put me up against such a great player? But you've pushed him back to Barcelona. Pretty I'll, much, I'll yeah. I like it. He's but seen the pre-season fixtures and thought, no, I'm not having that yeah. again. But um, What was he like yeah. to play against? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. He's probably the best player I've played against. Yeah in terms of just there was just things that he'd done that game but that game was like yeah. for us as a, as a team it was a tough game yeah we were like not if you look back at it I think we had players that were out yeah um, players that hadn't played for months yeah um, yeah like I was right back I think it was only my third or fourth camp yeah um, but what the is A-League was off I mean yeah. there's so many different yeah, things but, but and I guess it's not it's not a huge Disgrace to lose it. We, with all those circumstances, six nil to a very good Brazil team at the time. But I guess just Neymar himself. What makes him so special? Like that you've seen up close. You know, is it the speed? Is it the yeah, decision it's making? Just, yeah, it's speed, decision making, his yeah. touch. Just like I remember at one point in the game, he got like a, I think it was a clearance or something went out to him, 
and I was thinking, right, he's going to take a touch and then I can get, try and get close to him. And he just did first time around the corner yeah. to Fred, who laid it off and he then whipped it across to the other side. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'd, I hadn't come up against a player who, one, could probably control it as well as he did, but he didn't even control it. He used it as a pass. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He was just yeah. two steps ahead of, of everyone. And the confidence he has as well. Like yeah. that, when I watch him, sometimes it is, I mean, he feels so relaxed yeah, he, and, and against even, any defence even how they warm up like yeah. Brazil they, we've played them a couple of times I think Dylan came on against them a few times but <laughs> like I remember Just we were watching their, their warm up rivers. and they, they I think they came out like 25 minutes before the game yeah. did a, cut, a bit of running and a bit of but they're just yeah. just a different it's mindset relaxed. and even the Brazilians that we've uh, I've played against mm. you like warm up and they're like do you mean? what's this we'll do first 5-10 mm. minutes we'll get used to the speed of the game and then we'll go do our thing and yeah, um, yeah they're just uh, again on that other mm. level and that's probably the only game you know I've played against top quality players mm. but on that day in yeah. a certain performance was he was um, he was totally a different level to, to what I experienced uh, so what do you do as a, a centre back or right back and you're playing against the guy and you're like this guy can just do me when he feels like it yeah what do you do Pray. <laughs> no, yeah, it was just, just leave a few on him early anyway. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even, couldn't even get near enough to, to <laughs> foul him. But um, yeah, it was just a for me. It was a frustrating game in, in terms of I felt a little bit underdone going into it. Um, then we had players in and around us who I think like Lucas Neal was my like right centre back. Yeah. I don't think he had played. He, he was going through that bit where he was without a club yeah, for ages course, yeah. I think Sasha Ogonoski was off season in Korea he's not the fastest yeah he's and we just had yeah, as well against like Neymar Robbie Cruz was in front of me and he had, yeah. he was just coming back from injury yeah. we were just a, a team that wasn't ready and prepared and we were kind of obviously just hoping that they didn't fancy it and that, and that they weren't really going to put on a show yeah, and they, um, they really fancied it and um, yeah we just took the brunt of it and it was a yeah, it was a, but again, it's a good experience mm. in terms of I came off that game probably learning more than mm. you know Tajikistan away or, or, or games like that when you're you're up against it. But it's mm. um, yeah, the good experiences to play anything good or bad is something you take from. And on Neymar, you look at him now and you think you know at the time he was kind of moving into maybe the third best player in the world, like really kind of going for that Messi Ronaldo level. Spot, yeah, and now he's just so desperate to leave his club it feels like he has to leave and there's been rumours he might go to Real Madrid he might go to Barcelona they're, they're really only two teams that can afford him I like or China s- yeah well or China, China but then yeah. you'd think you know with the greatest respect to players who do go to China it, you'd think he's such as yourself no but I mean like he's still at the level where you want him playing in the Champions League oh. in Europe because yeah. he's such an amazing player I do actually really love to watch him play I just think I'm, I'm quite sad that we've seen such a great player just falter a bit and in the last quite, few years. Do you think, would you say he hasn't lived up to his potential? Absolutely. I think, like, from all the issues that you hear is that there's just a lack of professionalism. Mm, a lot of partying, a huge entourage of friends that he's always, you know, this this feeling of he's bigger than the club, which, you know, in some ways, in the way he signed him, he was a bit. But it's such a shame because he was going to that level and it feels like he hasn't yeah. got there. And now he's begging to go back to Barcelona. And I personally don't think they should go for it. Too yes. much baggage. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, let's move on to some Aussies abroad. Mm. Your favourite segment on the World Cup. I do like it. Yeah. As, a, as a former Aussie abroad. Yeah, you can um, read it on our website on the weekend. Uh, yeah, you good. won't be reading about this gentleman though because he's he's an Aussie but he's home. But he was in there. But I, I've regular yeah. featured yeah, Aussie Yeah, I used abroad. to write Dundee, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. clean chic. Ryan Not many of them. 90, <laughs> 90 minutes. <laughs> you wrote many of them. You're always looking to see how he assess yeah. you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a couple of Aussies abroad. Aaron Moy um, has moved to Brighton, didn't yeah. get on on the weekend, but signed a new contract at Huddersfield. It was a bit of a strange one. Um, Loongo has also moved to Sheffield Wednesday. What yeah, do you I, think about those couple of moves? Personally, I think Moy, great move. Back in the Premier League, uh, I think Brighton is a club where I think he's going to get a lot of game time. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to do well. He's got obviously Matty Ryan to help him settle in as well. So I think he had a sensational game, Matty Ryan. Yeah, he did. They won 3 0 against Watford away, mm. which, you Big know, upset. This, a lot yeah. of people picked him to go down. I think they might do a little bit better than that. Um, and I think Moy's going to be a big part of it. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think it's a great move. And just the reason I guess he didn't start was because they just signed him on deadline day. So. Yeah. But I think, yeah, again, I agree with you. I think it's a good move. The more boys that we have playing week in, week out and at a higher level can only be good for the national team. And um, Aaron being one of the the main players, it's good that he's got a move back to a Premier League and not gone somewhere where he might not play every week. Um, And I think that's probably the most important thing that, that he's probably looking at is he's played two seasons now in the Premier League. He probably doesn't want to go somewhere in the Premier League and not play so I think Brighton's ticked all those boxes and um, yeah hopefully him and Maddie can do well and we've also got here a note Jackson Irvine scored for Hull on the weekend and, yeah. and you touched on this before that the, when we talked about Ange and going to the back three uh, the centre of midfield is still very much Australia's strongest, strongest yeah. um, part of the field like yeah. a lot of depth there still and I think it's good in terms of we don't have too many players the same um, they're all kind of different and they all bring their certain attributes. attributes to yeah. the game and um, yeah I th- uh, you know I love Jackson I think he's um, he's a great guy but not only he, he, you know his career if you look at that he's deserved everything that he's got you know he's worked hard he's put in the put in the hard yards and um, he's quietly gone about his business and he's you know a very very good player in the championship and he's and quite a consistent goal scorer too yeah and he's, um, he's he's brought that to his ga- he's brought that to his game um, mm-hmm. you know I remember playing against him when he was at Ross County and he was a bit wet behind the ears and he was, you know, all arms and all legs, which he still is a bit now, but he used to just kind of get that. I think even still in Australia, we sort of portray him as, you know, he gets about the pitch and he brings energy good and good engine. And I think it's, you know, one of the most disrespectful comments for, to make of him because you don't play for every week at Hull or get your moves that he has yeah. got if you're just energy and you're yeah, just a, a ball of thing. He scored goals for Australia, important goals in, in qualifying and he's um, yeah you know he's a really good player and someone that you know I hope gets you know another move and, and gets into the Premier League because he deserves it and um, you know I'm the, the Aussie boys biggest fans you know I love seeing boys that I know or boys that I've played with and, and boys that we've grown up you know go on and, and do good things and um, yeah wish him a good season and, and hopefully you know a goal to start Definitely helps. I think he had an assist last week, so you know he's hit the ground running, and, and hopefully he can can play well this season. Yeah. As Dolly was saying before um, you arrived, that Trent Sainsbury has been told he can leave. Um, obviously, this is uh, a, a position close to your heart, the centre of defence. But um, what do you think about that? The potential for Sainsbury to move on, and uh, does he need to move on and find somewhere where he's going to play every week? Because it feels like for a while he's kind of not been playing so much. Yeah. And, um, you know, how critical is it to play every week? 
Yeah, I think it's. I think if you got him on the show, he would just want to play every week. But you've asked a lot of us to get on yeah, the show. I, can I like and, it. Set the standards I can high. Try You're ambitious. Get, I yeah, like it. A few connections, but yeah. I think if you spoke to him, he would want to go somewhere that that plays every week. But mm. again. You know, you make all these decisions, and then in hindsight, you look back and go, "It might not have been the best decision." But, but yeah, he's PSV, had a good, he's had a good World club. Cup. Yeah, PSV won him, and yeah. you're not going to say, "No, no, I'm not going to go in case I'm not playing." Yeah. You're going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to go there." And he's he's probably learnt more in six months training with mm. these types of players yeah. than he would have if he went to, uh, I don't know, somewhere where he's a knack breeder or somewhere. Slightly yeah, slightly less, and yeah. he's played every week, yeah. so it's. Um, it's a case of he'll make his right decision and, and yeah. he'll have so many things that he has to go to. But mm. you know, I hope for his sake that he goes somewhere and, and plays and, and success, successful because yeah. he is one of our best defenders. And, yeah. and you want to have, I'd much rather not be in the Socceroos yeah. and be like, well, Sainsbury's playing at a high level and yeah. Milos playing at a high level and Tommy scoring goals at Celtic. Do you mean you want yeah. a strong Socceroos? And I think if anyone doesn't want that, it's, it's un Australian, isn't it, really, to, to not sense. want your other. No, you don't. You want your other Aussies to. You want your other Aussies to do well, and um, I'm no different to anyone else. And yeah. it's a lot Good better guy, being yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I'm not in the Aussie squad because everyone's doing well. Then yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing well. Seems that you don't want Dylan McGowan doing too well, do you? Yeah, no, I, I do. I'm his, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, the little brother. That's really nice. Yeah, but no, he's good. inspiring. Sweet, what? What a guest! <laughs> Better than doing it. Um, should we? Should we wrap it up? Uh, yeah. I only say that because I and this is you know this is maybe not the most professional thing to say, but I really need to go to the toilet. <laughs> and we've been on for like an hour, and I drank way too much water. So <laughs> apologies for that, but I think it's been a great shot. I think that's a good note to finish. You know, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Did you go to the bathroom? Or you no, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> a, I'm uh, a professional. A true professional. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's the weirdest way I've ever ended a broadcast of any description. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry about that. But uh, thanks for your company. It's been great to uh, have you with us. Uh, next week we will be back with hopefully another guest of similar ilk, and if not, we'll just take anyone. Yeah. I um, think Neymar will come on the show. He won't yeah. get his move. Yeah, yeah, or Trent Sainz or Andrew. Anything. Yeah. We're going to get some fame yeah. um, off right. I'd watch Andrew. Yeah. Hey, um, just just before we have, we haven't done this for a while. We used to do this when Lucy was on the show. Me and Lucy just trying to throw a piece of paper oh, this straight at the Bradbury, camera. But I want to see, you know, obviously you're a professional um, yeah. athlete. I'm very competitive. You want to go first? Dylan, me and Dylan play. A, Dylan's got a little one. Throw the yeah. and he's the <laughs> I bought No, I bought a little one. This little, like, basketball thing. Yeah, nice. And me and Dylan... When, as soon as he goes for his nap, we just play all day. So really? I'm very confident. Well, yeah, you did. There's a big scrum. He, he grabs yeah. it. Well, that's half the battle. Feel the weight, nice, feel how it goes. Yeah. Getting a nice kind of firm thing so it really flies. But Matt, mm. do you want to go? Should we go from, or should I start? Yeah, we'll go from right to left. But thanks right. for your company. Thanks, thanks for so coming much. on. No problem. It's been thanks a real for having pleasure. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. Uh, and we'll be here approximately the same time next week with someone that we can find. Yeah. And we can't promise they'll be as friendly as the McGowan brothers. Or as funny. No. But we'll have someone. Yeah. See you next week. No, let's